AVXL episode 163 was recorded on December 3rd, 2021. Do you really need a center channel speaker and update on the amp from Shenzhen? The streaming sports app we've never heard of, Sonos Sub Mini, $140 projector, one more sweet OLED deal, and quite a bit more. Don't forget to email ask at avxl.com if you got a question for us. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that supports us at patreon.com slash avxl. Your monthly contributions make this show possible. Testing one, two, three. All right. I'm not blowing anything out. Ignorant weasels chewing on your soul. Ignorant weasels. Do you have speed? Yeah. Welcome to AVXL, your guide to the best in home video and audio gear, no matter what your budget is. I'm talking so fast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hey, everybody. You are. It's Patrick Dorton. I'm I'm just excited. Going to the art museum soon. Nice. Yeah. It's my uh, my youngest. It's his art thing for school this week. I'm also excited that uh, the topping PA5, that $350 overachieving amplifier we were talking about last week. You're right. It apparently will be at my house tonight. Oh, just in time for the yeah. weekend. Just in time for the weekend. Uh, DHL from China fascinates me because I can get stuff on DHL from China apparently faster than I can get stuff from Indiana. I believe it. There's thoughts here, none of which I will <laughs> even attempt to unpack right now. <laughs> Distance means nothing. Yeah. Apparently. Time and space collapsing. Not collapsing. More deals on the LG C1 OLED, or at least you found an even better one? I would just say that the deal for the C1s is continuing, and it has been for about the last month now, and it shows no signs of letting up. So if you've been waiting for a great price on an LG OLED and one of their better models of the OLED products they offer, the C1 is fantastic. That's their 4K model, four HDMI 2.1 ports, beautiful 4K resolution, incredible color, the 55-inch version is now just sitting at just under $1,300 delivered right to your door. And that is a terrific price. Oh, hello, kitty. Also, <laughs> if that size is too big, you can slip down to the 48-inch. I believe that is also still on sale. And likewise, if you want something a little bigger, 65 and 77-inch models are available. As well as that magnificent 83-inch if you really, really have to have it. I find that when prices hit like this on Amazon, it's good to check your local Costco, too. If you are a club store member like that, they generally will offer similar pricing on displays like that where you can pick it up in person and take it home. Uh, one reminder, and I've been dealing with this a bit this week, is that if I find myself mostly watching TV during the day or in a normally lit room, it is really tough to beat the brightness of a good LCD panel especially something like the QN90A series from Samsung. That is a glorious 4K TV they make that pumps out close to 2,000 nits of quantum dot color. While I am tempted, of course, by Samsung's flagship 8K QN900A series TVs, you pay a significant premium for that step up to 8K resolution with Samsung currently. And as impressive as it is, one difference, though, between the QN90A, the 4K TV, versus the QN900A, the 8K version, happens to be its HDMI ports. So if you are seriously considering the QN90A for that beautiful balance between high performance and some value compared to at least the 8K version, realize that that 90A only has one HDMI 2.1 port instead of the four or all four that the QN900A has. So if you're dealing with literally 
multiple high-end game consoles <laughs> or the need to be sending that kind of high-performance 4K 120 or something similar to a TV. Keep that in mind. Thankfully, I was pleased to see that the QN's HDMI 2.1 port is not the same one as the eARC port. So at least it's not like an either-or situation. You actually can use that port to your heart's content. And as much as I love premium TVs, of course, it's always good to take a look at Amazon's top-selling TVs currently. Number one is a 720p 32-inch TV for 150 bucks. So oh wow, it keeps me yeah uh, for the kids' room keeps me sane. For the bathroom, Actually, for the bathroom in the kids' room. <laughs> oh, you don't even hit 1080p on their top bestseller list right now until you get out of the top five. Except for what sits in number two happens to be a 4K TV, but otherwise, I'm surprised 720p lives. In the smaller sized value screens out there. And for some folks, that's going to be a perfect thing. Yeah, something that isn't going to break the bank and gets you a nice flat panel that you can hang up where you want. Yeah, that's uh, that's cheap. It, even for 720p. There was a 24-inch model that was cheaper than that even. I think that's over at Best Buy, actually. They're Insignia brand. Man. Best Buy sells a lot of TVs via Amazon through that Insignia brand. And that's, that fascinates me. It's been a good long time since I've actually hooked up with the folks at Insignia to see what they're up to in that laboratory they have in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe one day I'll get back there and take a look and say hi. 2021 Apple TV app of the year, Dazen, D-A-Z-N. Have you ever heard of Dazen? I'm not. I don't believe so. two of us. A streaming app that simplifies the often challenging process of watching sports live and on demand while serving up the best local games and matches to fans around the world. That's what uh, Apple said. 4.6 stars, 162.3 thousand ratings. Your sport, when and where you want it, and apparently, and I suspect this is outside of the U.S., they're claiming in their spiel on the app page on the Apple TV website uh, that is, it is the place where fans can watch every NFL game from week one through the Super Bowl, as well as NFL Red Zone and NFL Network 24-7. Exclusively stream every Premier League, UEFA Men's and Women's Championship League, plus UFA Europe League matches from the 2021-2022 season. Uh, if you look at it right now, the entire front page on the on their website is boxing. 1080p max. I'm curious, if anybody out there is using it, uh, I would be, uh, I, I one, like, you know, where's MLB? Two, I'm curious if anybody out there is using it, uh, email askatvxl.com. You know, I would say, like, why isn't it 4K? But, of course, so few sports are actually recorded in 4K or broadcast or distributed in 4K. True. Very but, true. But uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Or, or maybe I just, I, I, you know, I am obviously not the sports ball person on this podcast, but uh, that was... Uh... <laughs> That was it was interesting to see that app be uh, Apple's pick, the app of the year, as it were. If you are a subscriber to any, literally any paid TV service like cable or satellite or streaming, you can use that login on a lot of different individual apps, too. So if you're already subscribed to, say, the NFL network in the living room, there's no reason you couldn't fire that up on, say, a Roku device or even your phone and enjoy it that way as well. Take advantage of these things you're paying for already, especially if you already have a sports package and and you want to check out maybe different ways of watching that content. Sometimes I find, especially with things like auto racing, it's better to go right to the app. It's just a cleaner, easier to find experience for me. 
uh, when I'm into especially specific sports. It's always nice. Be it NFL Network, MLB. Well, not so much MLB right now, but <laughs> a little bit of racing. And of course, I have a separate deal for motorcycle racing, but I'm a freak there. Anyway, <laughs> that was a great season. Worth every enthusiast. penny. Yeah. You're a freak, you're an enthusiast. But take advantage of your logins. You you have one associated with those accounts, and there's no reason you, you can't be checking out some of the apps that might be associated with your account already. I love that because I have AT&T Fiber, I can actually get HBO Max for free. Very nice. Thoughtful. Very yeah. cool. It's almost like it reduces the cost of my streaming internet. Who knew? Sonos Sub Mini? Question mark. Um, so there's a Reddit post like six days ago from a name that may or may not be lewd, so I will not say it, but we'll link to it. Or you can just search for Sonos Sub Mini because a bunch of places have covered this. Uh, they posted on Reddit, Sub Mini confirmed, release imminent, and wrote, as I was adding my second sub to my system, I noticed the more information button, clicked it, and was taken to this page within the app. As you can see, it tells you that the Sub Mini is cylindrical and not square, and they have a, a link to the screen cap, or there was a link to the screen cap. Essentially, you know, it's a sub menu inside the Sonos app, and it shows what appears to be a little tiny option. Um, actually, no, it doesn't really say what it is. Uh, they just describe it. The Sub Mini is a smaller cylindrical subwoofer. Sub Gen 1, 2, or 3 are large square subwoofers. We'll see. Sonos is in that interesting space where a lot of companies are right now where they have a whole bunch of some products but absolutely none of others. I would be uh, shocked if they release this before next year. So, imminent. Take the word imminent with a grain of salt. <laughs> I think that would be a great upgrade option for somebody who maybe has one of their smaller soundbar products like the Beam. And yeah. the cost of adding something like the full-size sub they currently offer is a little steep uh, considering the pricing of something like the Beam. And maybe this will be a great accessory for that. Yeah. That's what I am thinking. I thought one of the interesting things about this was the screen cap is talking about connecting a second sub that sub mini is not supported. And that's kind of like, you know, the big bummer. It's like, it would be so much easier to add a second sub for your home theater if they were smaller and easier to place. That's a good point. At least according to the screen grab. Yeah. You can't use dual sub setups with just the minis. At least according, yeah. According to what I'm, I'm staring at know. here. From a random <laughs> According to the website. screen capture that showed up on Reddit. <laughs> Still. That's going to be cool. I am curious. I didn't even realize that they've gone through three generations of their subwoofer already. I don't uh, think... Th well, I need to do some research. What version do I have? <laughs> I don't know. I have a Sonos 1. And I guess technically the third gen Sonos came out earlier this year. I thought it was the same as this second gen, but perhaps I simply do not understand. I use a Sonos soundbar for my 55-inch TV, and I absolutely love it. It is fantastic. I'm a big fan. Convenient yeah, and pleasing. So the third-gen sub has a faster processor and more internal memory. And who knew a sub pair. needed that? <laughs> you need to, well, when you're doing a lot of processing, apparently they needed it so it could do all the calculations so you could run more than one sub inside ah. of a, uh, basically so that you could pair up subs. So, cool. That is cool. My apologies for not noticing that earlier this year. I also, I don't know, I feel like this, it always seems a little more bloated than I'd like it to be. The Sonos sub. 
but I also like bass, so apparently I just like perfect bass. Yes, that is my goal. Yeah. Got a bunch of viewer questions, but uh, hey, want to take a moment to thank all of our patrons, patreon.com slash AVXL. Our next hangout is going to be December 14th, 2021. We're going to open that at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, so uh, come and hang out. We'll keep it going for at least an hour, hour and a half so that people have a chance to join in. Uh, and again, thank you to all of our patrons. You make this show possible. Patreon.com slash AVXL. That'll be fun. Bye, Shen emailed. I stumbled across this and figured y'all would find it amusing. It's a review from a website I won't name. Um, Seriously. And <laughs> it, it reviews a $2,300 Ethernet switch. This company also sells $499 Ethernet cables. Additional half meters i think are, are another 90 dollars a half meter all i'm gonna say is is this is a fat i mean the the, the i'm not going to get into the manufacturer of the website this is uh yeah <laughs> i i'm not even going to say any of the technologies they talk about because i just i'm just not in the mood to promote this or you know deal with somebody being offended that i find their technology questionable I, I have theories on how internet packets work um, over Ethernet, and and these people believe they have a way of improving that. All I'm going to say is I would like to see the reviewers A-B test this blind with match levels. That's all I'm going to say. And if they could pick out the mythical wonder switch that makes digital sounds almost as amazing as vinyl, or, or it's there's some effusive language. Um, there's also some effusive caveat emptor statements in at least one of the reviews linked off the website. But I'm just going to say I would love to A-B test this and find a magnificent difference from this $2,300 Ethernet switch. But I have a funny feeling uh, that this is an unnecessary product for the vast majority of us. But feel free to email and uh, ask at avxl.com and tell me that I don't understand how the packets work. And the electromagnetic interference and the sun flares and and i don't know i i'm gonna stop now <laughs> i feel you it's funny to come across a product page like that or in this case i guess it's a review yes it's just a review of a clearly <laughs> clearly snake oil product they seem to be fervently in belief of of what their product does totally um, and they've created some beautiful chassis and interesting power cables and other things too. But it's just, oh, mm -hmm. please. Yeah. Well, they also sell audiophile grade fuses. Okay. Stuff. Oh, I miss. Okay. I miss Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understood how important Radio Shack was until you had to you know, find a weird fuse or a RCA jack to solder onto the back of something. In any case, uh, bye. Thank you for the amusing link. And, uh, uh, you know, email askdavixl.com if you want us to share the name of this and our point-by-point -point discussion of the technologies that they bring. I don't know. It's an interesting concept. It seems to be a lot like some of the other hysterical four- to six-figure products I've seen. I find it an excellent effort in creative writing. <laughs> Harsh, but fair. <laughs> I don't believe a word on that page, but I yeah, or I just don't take know, it seriously. It's probably yeah. a legit product, but it, it will go incredibly well with your solid silver power cable. 
<laughs> that and I'm, I'm literally willing to bet I could reach into a storage container and find something that works just as well. <laughs> or a fraction of the cost. Anyway, enough. Anyway. Michael emailed to ask at AVXL. He says, I've long been without a center channel speaker and have happily enjoyed a mix of 4K UHD discs and gaming. But recently, I have been wondering about what I'm missing. I've heard that the center channel is the most important in your setup, but I've never really had any issues with dialogue. Am I crazy? What am I missing? I'm currently running a 4.2 setup off a Denon X3600X, consisting of Martin Logan speakers in the front and back, uh, a pair of SVS SB3000s. By the way, nice rig. It's a nice setup. The reason I haven't invested in a center channel is the lack of space. When my projector screen is down, it's just above my AV cabinet. When I reached out to Martin Logan for recommendations on something to sonically match the purity, they recommended the ESLC or the slightly smaller Motion 50 XTI, both of which are a bit tall for my screen and cabinet placement. I feel like getting a small center channel that doesn't match the left and right might end up sounding worse than without it. Should I be rearranging to include a beefy center channel, continue living in blissful ignorance, or is there something I haven't considered, like mounting the center channel on the ceiling? Longtime Patreon supporter, love the show. Keep it up, Michael. Oh, man. So Michael's got this amazing system. He's happy with it. And he's nervous about getting a small center channel that doesn't match the left and right. And uh, Rob and I were talking about this extensively. And this is one of those situations like, it works, don't fix it. But the center channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Considering how much content out there is yeah. and has been authored in 5.1, that five plus speakers surround experience. Right. Being able to match that physically with the speakers you have is ideal. But... He's got a great setup here, and yeah. unless he's planning on swapping out some stuff, maybe some new furniture, I doubt he's willing to replace his screen with something that is right. sound transmissive or more conducive to that. I would like to just try that out and see yeah. how it sounds. Let's unpack this, right? Can you have a great home theater experience with stereo speakers? Absolutely. Can you have a great home theater experience with just stereo speakers and good rear speakers? Absolutely. I've spent a long time with just stereo speakers around my screen because uh, the situation I was in, it was the only way I could actually make everything work. I get that. A good AVR should, and that Denon 3600 is a great AVR, it should properly take all of the information that the sound designer put into the soundtrack and split it from the center channel to the left and right speakers. You can dig into a lot of documents, technical and forum postings and everything else online, and you'll get a lot of, of uh, you'll get a lot of argument back and forth. But generally speaking, you should have a fine home theater experience. Are you missing part of the experience? Absolutely. The miracle of stereo reproduction, that phantom center where, where the singer or the speaker's voice is coming from the air in between the two speakers, that's a little bit different than having a gunshot or a spaceship or a person talking and walking across the room pan from the left channel to the center channel to the right channel, right? And all that gets a lot weirder when you start getting into Dolby Atmos soundtracks where you have, you know, one, two, three, four, five, or however many surround sound channels you have, and then uh, channels up above you doing all of that vertical information uh, from Atmos. One of the other things to think about is that whole stereo experience where the two speakers do so much extraordinary work does not work so well when you're off center, right? The person at the center of the couch has that sweet, sweet, you know, I am listening to whoever and they are hanging in the air and it's miraculous, you know, but the person at the left side of the couch, they don't get that. You know what I mean? Everything's a little Good off point. center, a little funky, right? The person on the right side of the couch, um, there is a sweet spot. You can, 
choose speakers and speaker setups and stuff to try to make the sweet spot really large. The sort of original Vandersteen speakers are a really funny speaker for me because they are uh, incredibly sensitive to how high you are, right? Remember the ones I had set up at the warehouse at one point? And, right. you know, if you were seated, everything was flawless. But if you stood up, the vertical presentation of Tweeter was in a very narrow band. So if you stood up, you could hear like, you know, it was like somebody turned the treble down on the soundtrack. You know, exactly. these were critical listening speakers in a seated position. They were not party speakers because as soon as you stood up, like everything at the high end kind of faded away. When you look at uh, surround sound or Dolby's theatrical origins, right, a center channel behind a screen makes it really easy for large groups to catch all of the dialogue, uh, to clearly hear what's going on. And it's not just dialogue on a center channel. There is music. There are sound effects. Um, you know, it is part of the, the palette of tools that the sound designer works with when they're making a soundtrack. And when you think about it, um, you know, surround sound starts with cinema and movie screens in theaters are big and they want a gigantic group of people spread around this large room to have an amazing experience. So that, that's kind of why the center channel is so important to surround sound, you know, in part because, you know, in the bad old days, uh, you know, you put a speaker behind the screen so that everybody would be, you know, the thing you're supposed to be looking at, which is the center of the screen, you know, unless you're in that first row seat where you're under the screen and in full tennis match mode with your head going from right to left as things happen, that center channel kind of anchors the dialogue in the heart of the movie to where everybody's kind of staring. Good point. I pretty much won't run without a center channel these days, in part because there are lots of people in my family, and depending on how late I show up to watch the thing with the kids and the wife, I may be stuck at the far left end or the far right end of the couch, and I am rarely in the center of the couch these days. So having that center channel and, and speakers that do a good job of spreading the sound around makes it a much better experience for me. Uh, I also no will doubt. say with my aging ears, uh, I do find that uh, dialogue a little easier to track with a center channel. I think about where a lot of TVs are in people's living rooms or, or home theaters or, or wherever they are, and it's really hard to put a center channel in in a lot of rooms, um, simply because if the TV is sitting on top of a console, or where do you put it? Do you put it in front of the bottom of the television? That's kind of aesthetically displeasing and may require a fairly deep shelf. Do you build something to raise the television up above? Oh, do you remount the television so the television is up high enough that the center channel will fit under it? Can you put the center channel above the television? Well, in some situations that'll work. It might not be bad if you have built-ins. It might not be aesthetically pleasing. A chunky center channel, man. It's not easy to yeah. deal with. Especially if you're yeah. dealing with like a TV. Yeah, there's no way you're setting a TV on top. Even the, uh, never mind. <laughs> you're not putting your you, TV you, well, on you would have to channel. like You would have to have something that fits over the center channel that you can then put the television on top of, in which case you're probably wall mounting it anyway. To Martin Logan's credit, when you ask him to, that something that would match the, the purity, this is a company that, it's Martin Logan and Anthem. They have some high-end audio companies in there. I'm pretty sure they would want to give you something that would make you happy. So if they say the, the folded motion tweeter, the AMT tweeter in the ESLC or the Motion 50 XTI, which are significantly smaller and use a totally different technology than your left and right speakers, you know, I, I would like to think that they would be doing their best by you to give you a matching experience because they know if you get it home and the sound goes from left to right and it goes as it shifts from left to center to right when the thing pans and you're going to be pissed off and they don't want that. And that's not even getting into what Rob was saying before, which is the fact that you would have to either put the center channel in front of your screen, which would irritate you, 
or you would have to exchange your probably very spendy tensioned projection screen for one that is acoustically transparent unless you're lucky enough to have acoustically transparent and based on what the way yours is mounted you would probably still have to move it 12 inches away or 8 or 10 inches away from the wall part of me still wants to say ah get the eslc put it in front of the screen and see if you like it and if you don't you know send it back and if you do well crap then you can rehang your television your your projection screen after you after you uh buy a new one exactly and i would be less inclined to ceiling mount a center channel if you can avoid it yeah it's not the place for it i agree you can put it up there you can angle it towards the the seated positions but i the ideal place for a center channel uh is behind the screen at the center uh the next best place is is you know close to the bottom of the screen as you can get um below it but uh, it's a challenge I would like to thank various members of my family for making it possible for me to have the home theater I want. Um. <laughs> Truly. Um, it's a tough situation. I mean, it's, yeah. in a sense, a great problem to have. You have a wonderful yeah. setup, a 4.2, literally, and it would yeah. be nice to get that fifth channel in there if you can somehow finagle it into your projection setup and yeah. the furniture you're currently using and make it sound perfect. I I would really like to just try it out, get yeah. that center channel, get it in line with the front channels, give it a good listen, see if it's something, especially with dialogue and other cinema content, if it's something that really adds to perhaps, like you mentioned, the sweet spot expanding for the right. listeners in that row. It would be wonderful to try, but at the same point. If you just kind of know that there you're really is no room for it. Worms. Right. <laughs> and if you're not willing to, you know, make room for it, then you've got a terrific setup and just yeah, making I sure mean, it's properly a, processing everything to all four channels. Plus the two integrated subs. Hanging off the ceiling, hiding the mechanism for the, for the screen to come down. I mean, it's, it's going to be a real pain in the ass to, to add that last speaker in there. Um, Plan ahead, people. Try. <laughs> Plan ahead. <laughs> Whenever possible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Chips emailed AskDaveXL. He says, so I'm wondering, is this thing legitimate? The price, even when not on sale, seems too good to be true. They link to a $250 1080p projector that claims it's good for 120-inch screens. And, yes, I actually do think it's true because the, when you dig into the specs, it says 150 ANSI lumens. And there have been dozens, if not hundreds, of projectors that show up in various corners of online places on the Internet, such as Amazon, that where it's like a, you know, it's a $200 projector. And they generally don't output a lot of light. And so unless that room is pitch black, I don't think it's going to be very, you know, it's going to look a little soft when you get up to that 120-inch screen size if it's 150 ANSI lumens. Uh, but, you know... If you're traveling with the kids and it's sitting on the, you know, the 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 credenza or the bed and it's projecting on the wall in the hotel room and it's like three feet across, it probably looks just fine if it's a dark room. Right. Um, I was also laughing because if you go to the manufacturer's We Watch website, it's $140 right now. Um, <laughs> which suggests Stay that now. the deal site that you originally found it on is not such a good deal. You know, it's got 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. It's got speakers built into it. This is not going to work in a bright room. I you know, I have a significantly brighter television, uh, or a significantly brighter television working with a a hundred inch screen, 
And uh, you man, I'll tell you, with 150 lumens, you're going to need a real dark room for this thing to work. But this is not the first or the last sub $300 projector out there. There are actually, if you can get closer to $300, you can actually get a much better projector. The fact that the manufacturer is selling it for under 140 bucks right now <laughs> suggests that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's portable yeah. in nature. There you go. And if you really want a value projector for home theater, then you would have to step up to something and say the five to $600 range for true 1080p, a nice lens system, not too fancy, but at the same point, it's going to have literally 10 times the light output. So if yeah. you really are trying to do this, that's the key difference. These yeah. portable mini projectors are fascinating. And I've watched plenty of YouTube channels where they love to dive into the latest crop of them and compare them. Mm -hmm. And for portable, like you mentioned, short distance where you're doing a relatively small screen size in yeah. a dark environment, it's going to be <laughs> convenient as all can be. And aren't looking for the, the for the for the top <coughs> color accuracy. Color accuracy is probably going to be a little questionable on this. If you look around, I think an Optoma HD146X, which claims like 3,600 lumens of ANSI brightness, it's a 1080p projector that's selling for like 550 bucks. Uh, BenQ's got projectors, you know, around 650 dollars. Uh, if you can find one, an Epson Home Cinema 880 is about 500 bucks. And to put in perspective, right, that Epson Home Cinema 880, which has 330 ANSI lumens, they're talking about uh, a throw distance of 9 feet and an image size of 100 inches. So let me say it again, that 150 lumen projector is not going to be blowing up 120 inches. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a successful combination, but... There are options out there, but around five, six hundred bucks is where you start getting fairly serious performance. But uh, thanks for bringing that one to our notice, too. <laughs> Have you seen anything exciting this week, Mr. Heron? Well, I'm officially over my cold. I have a little bit left in me, but uh, I'm feeling a heck of a lot better and I'm getting back into the, the swing of things, so to speak. I did, uh, of course, take part in some of the recent shopping holidays by... Of course, checking out a recent Steam sale, picking up some classic games that I've always wanted at insane prices, as well as a new title or two. So I'll be digging into those. And I'm always going through audio settings on just about every game I grab nowadays, making sure it's set up for the best quality I can get. Uh, if there's a headphone preset, I'll go with that, or a home theater preset. I'm always double-checking that as well. I'll be keeping that on the up and up and enjoying over this weekend. <laughs> and I am just anticipating what the fallout will be between Roku versus Google. And if I'm going to have to uh, do anything different in another week or so, if this current dispute does not resolve <laughs> in terms oh, of being man. able to access my YouTube TV and my YouTube on a Roku platform, if you don't right, have right. that uh, YouTube app installed on your Roku device, which I can't imagine you probably wouldn't, but Make sure you get that installed before the ninth, just in case. <laughs> just in case. If you're buying one. Yes. I feel like everything I've watched, I haven't watched a lot of television because I'm, I'm dealing with some home construction projects, but I feel like everything I've watched is pretty much stuff I've talked about before. Uh, it's Succession, the HBO uh, series, uh, is, his, is just, you know, 
it, everyone is so broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, I hear you. I'll just, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And my wife discovered, uh, I'm sure we're several years behind on the Great British Breaking Show, but my wife discovered uh, the holiday episodes, which uh, seem to involve a great deal of drinking and all of the people on these shows that we've seen so far have been guests that have come back from previous uh, previous seasons. And everybody's uh, much looser and much less uptight. And it's been hysterical watching some of the interactions. Uh, what show is this? What we sus- uh, the Great British. Have you never seen The Great British Baking Show? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're Paul and Mary or Paul and Prue. Uh, uh, I just... They are fascinating. Although I hear the latest Great British Baking Show is missing Noel Fielding, which is terrifying to consider. And if you're a Great British Baking enthusiast, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you're not, well, uh, all I'm going to say is, you know, I certainly never expected to be completely wrapped up in a show about people baking, but it's a really nice show and the people are fun and it makes me hungry and I want to eat. So with that... (laughs) Very nice. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks again to all of our patrons. Patreon.com slash AVXL. Thanks to everybody who emailed in with a question. Email us, askanavxl.com. You know, if you're waiting for something to come through the mail, hopefully it shows up sooner rather than later. And with that, I'm Patrick Norton. I am Robert Heron. We'll catch you next week on AVXL.